Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everyone, and welcome into Stack in the Box. I am Matt Verram alongside Josh Hill, as always. And we are almost through the entire Week 13 slate. We're recording on a Sunday night, as we usually do. The Chargers and the Steelers locked in their battle currently. And, of course, the Eagles and the Redskins in Philadelphia on Monday night. But all the other games have gone final. And we are looking at a pretty interesting playoff picture, really now in both conferences. It's starting to crystallize, starting to take shape. There were some upsets today. There were some somewhat key injuries today, uh, but of course we have to start here. There was a big firing today. Yep, Mike McCarthy out. <clears throat> he got coach of the Green Bay Packers. Had been there since 2006, won a Super Bowl, of course, in 2010, but had struggled since. When you consider that he has Aaron Rodgers as his quarterback and has a pretty good roster around him, at least for most of that time, went to one NFC title game uh, since that Super Bowl appearance. That has been it. Six division titles, I believe it's 155 wins, I believe his record was 155, 77, and 2 with the pack, but he is gone, and fan-sided is being told by sources that he could very well be the next head coach of the Cleveland Browns. The Browns are already exploring uh, the opportunity to hire McCarthy, of course, nothing official, and we're not even sure if it would be during the season or after the season, but we are definitely told per sources that the Browns are interested in pursuing Mike McCarthy as a head coach. So, with all that said, we'll leave the Browns out for a second. Just with the Packers and what they've done, thoughts on McCarthy being gone uh, from the frozen tundra? I mean, this was time. It had to happen. Look, you can't have Aaron Rodgers, who is arguably the best quarterback of this generation of quarterbacks, and have nothing to show for it. Like, Rodgers' stats speak for themselves. But when you match it up against what Manning has done, against what Brady has done, against even what Breeze has done, it's just his his credentials aren't there. Because it seems that McCarthy has been a reason why the offense hasn't been able to explode in ways we've seen at other places. Like look at look at Jared Goff and Patrick Mahomes. Okay. Those are two guys who are in offensive systems that are tailored to their strengths, that are explosive, they scheme, there's an actual plan. And lo and behold, Patrick Mahomes is probably going to win the MVP this year, even though Drew Brees should, who's also in a system that benefits him. And Jared Goff is a night and day difference from being a broomstick with a wig on with Jeff Fisher to one of this one of the greatest quarterbacks in the league right now, one of the most exciting quarterbacks in the league right now with Sean McVay. And you look at these successful quarterbacks. They all have a good head coach. And I think you've mentioned this to me before when we've been talking about it. you got Andy Reid in Kansas City. you got Sean McVay in Los Angeles, Sean Payton in New Orleans, Bill Belichick in New England. And you go. the list goes on and on. If there's a great quarterback, there's a great head coach. Even Roethlisberger and Tomlin. It's a great head coach-quarterback duo. 
you just don't have that in Green Bay. And now you finally have an opportunity to get Aaron Rodgers what would be, I believe, this, the second head coach of his career. Yes, he's had McCarthy his whole career. So you, you're going to get him his second head coach of his career, and you're going to be able to find a guy who's tailored to his needs, an offensive mind. It doesn't have to be an innovator. You don't have to find the next McVay. Go out and get John Harbaugh. That's all you need. You just need a good head coach. You need somebody to come in and change up the culture a little bit, and who knows what's going to happen. But this is exciting. If you're a Packers fan, this season's lost. But you still got three, four, maybe five good years of Aaron Rodgers. You're financially invested in him. You got to find a head coach that can play to his strengths. And McCarthy, they, he won the Super Bowl, and everybody's harping on that. He's a Super Bowl winning head coach that got fired. Ten years ago, he was a Super Bowl head, winning head coach. The shtick played out. Give Aaron Rodgers somebody else. My feeling is twofold. One, they have to fire McCarthy. Okay, it's pretty obvious to anybody that. It wasn't working with Rodgers. Anybody's paid any attention. I think Rodgers is done and fed up with it. Uh, Kalen Kaler over at SI, uh, of course, we're, we're partners with, uh, she wrote a great piece and detailed a lot of their, their struggles and how it's really like a power struggle, basically, in Green Bay. Look, McCarthy had to go because Rodgers isn't going anywhere. But I'll also say this, okay, that's fine. McCarthy got fired. He should have. You lose to Arizona at home. With everything on the line, I mean, you, you need to be fired. But everybody's acting, at least on Twitter and, and you know on social media, that, well, the Packers have fixed their problem. Well, no, uh, the Packers... If you suffer from ED, 15 minutes could change your life. Peak Performance for Men offers a revolutionary treatment called Focus Linear Compression Therapy. There's no pain, no needles, and no downtime. Now, Peak Performance for Men is offering six sessions free with qualifying treatment protocol enrollment. There's never been a better time or a better deal to fix ED. Call Columbus's only trusted focused linear compression therapy provider today at 614-739-8181. That's 614-739-8181. Treated a symptom of their problem. Now they've got to go out and actually solve it by getting the right head coach. Because if they go out and screw up the hire, who cares? I mean, you didn't solve anything going and get the wrong head coach. They've got to go out and get the right head coach. And I'm very curious who that is. There are not a lot of great candidates right now. Like like John Harbaugh, I think, would be very interesting. But if Baltimore goes to the playoffs, it's going to fire him? You know, that's yeah. something – I'm just saying, like, it's something to consider. Like, if they go to the playoffs, I don't know if, if John Harbaugh is available, right? Lincoln Riley, is, does that play in Green Bay? Does Rodgers want to be coached by a guy who's barely older than him? I don't know. Uh, look, so there's a lot of questions – that need to be answered. Now, on the other side of it, with the Browns and McCarthy, beyond just sources telling fan sided that that is a very real interest, it makes sense for a lot of reasons. Okay, McCarthy at one point was a very good head coach and understands offense, and he would be able to mold Mayfield. And that's something that, look, if you're Cleveland, that's got to be priority number one. Number two, who is in Cleveland making this decision? It's John Dorsey. It's his assistant, Elliot Wolf. It's director of player personnel, Alonzo Highsmith. Well, guess what? All three of those guys, they were in Green Bay with McCarthy for years and years and years. Okay? And the NFL is nothing if not a breathing ground of familiarity. Like These teams hire guys who they know. They know McCarthy very well. He's 55 years old. I think McCarthy's probably for one more job, make maybe an eight- or ten-year run out of it if things go well, and then, hey, retire and go into the sunset. So – I think the Packers made the right move, but this idea that the Packers now suddenly have like freed Aaron Rodgers, look, they got to hire the right guy. I mean, if they don't do that, what good is the, is the fire? But I do think it was a necessary first step that they finally took. Yeah, I'm going to take an, another approach to this. 
uh, it's something that I've, I've written for fansided.com, is this is perhaps Mike McCarthy being freed from the Packers. He's a guy who his entire head coaching career, he's been a head coach in the NFL once for one team in 12 years. And he's had Aaron Rodgers every single one of those seasons. So his legacy is tethered to Rodgers up, into, up to and including when things go bad in, in Green Bay. We're not blaming Aaron Rodgers, which maybe we should be doing a little bit more of. We're instantly scapegoating Mike McCarthy, as rightfully so as that may be. Now McCarthy has an opportunity to go to Cleveland, which sounds like a very real possibility, or wherever, because he's not going to be unemployed for a season. He's getting a job, and he's going to be probably the first head coach hired by a team out there. Now he can go off and he can, for a lack of a better term, or to lean on a cliche, spread his wings and fly. He can learn to walk on his own, and he can establish his own legacy. Aaron Rodgers, the Packers, the Super Bowl, that's always going to be a part of Mike McCarthy. Now he can go out and he can say, I can do this on my own. Kind of like the Bill Belichick, Tom Brady thing, you know. Brady says it's all him. Belichick says it's all him. And Belichick would, if Belichick won a Super Bowl without Brady, that's kind of vindicating for him. This can be the same thing for McCarthy. If he can go out and he can mold Baker Mayfield, he can go out and help the Browns win or whoever, that's going to go a long way in solidifying his legacy. And it's kind of a middle finger to everybody like you and me who are saying, you're the problem, man. You're, you're, you're wasting the best years of Aaron Rodgers' career. And he's throwing up the double birds and saying, guess what? I turned the Browns around. How you like them apples? So I'm, I'm excited for this in a positive way for Mike McCarthy, who, like you said, good offensive head coach. Let's see what he can do outside of Aaron Rodgers. Maybe he can't do it, but at least he's getting that opportunity. Yeah, I'll, I'll leave the subject on this, uh, at least from my perspective. Look, I think Rodgers gets more of a pass than he should with all this stuff. He's a great player. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Want to get that out front. Turned 35 years old on Sunday. He's not been the same player that he was five years ago. And I know Packer fans, listen, I hear it all the time. You guys scream at me constantly on Twitter. A lot of your friends are mine. But the reality of it is, like, like, he's great. Nobody's saying he's not great. But, you know, there have been a lot of plays he's left on the field this year. Like, if he plays a little bit better, they're not 4-7-1. Uh, are they a playoff team? I don't know. You know, I'm not saying he's, like, completely at fault here. But he has not played that well. And... I also do wonder, and this is a complete wonderment. This isn't, I have nothing but just a curiosity on this. Is he a, a good guy? Is he kind of a jerk? reason I ask, for anyone who's not aware, like, former players bag on him all the time. Whether it's on TV, it's on social media. I mean, guys, guys take shots at him constantly. Uh, and then on top of all that, his own brother took a pretty massive shot at him uh, about a week ago. He was actually doing a good thing. He was raising money and awareness about the California wildfires, and his brother took him to task for not checking in on his parents who were in California during that time. Uh, look, it's You just wonder, like, when, when 100 people are in a room and 99 of them are telling you're the problem and you're the other person saying, no, you all are the problem, at some point, you're the problem, yeah. right? Like, I'm just I'm not – and look – Again, I don't know Aaron Rodgers' person. I've never spoken to him, but that's just something to consider. That all being said, let's move forward, okay, onto the more uh, broad look at the playoff picture here. We had a couple of upsets that we got to talk about. And then, as always, for anyone who's new to this, we'll, pro- we'll predict each and every game on the Week 14 slate. So we'll talk about the line. 
we as we get to the playoffs here, as we get toward the playoffs, we're going to spend more time on the big games and less on these teams. It don't matter. I'm sorry. It's the way it is. Um, look, the first thing we've got to talk about happened on Thursday night. Dallas beats the Saints. Holy crap. Okay? Nobody thought the Saints were being held to 10 points and a half, let alone the game. Dallas does it. They win 13 to 10. Dallas now firmly in control of the NFC East. Of course, again, Philly, Washington playing Monday night. But do you see Dallas as a threat in the NFC, or do you see that as a one-off? Like, great game, but hard to replicate. I don't see them as a threat in the NFC in the same way that I see the Vikings as a threat in the NFC, where if if Dallas gets into the playoffs, yeah, they might have a couple of good quarters. They might have a good stretch in a game. But I don't see them beating Seattle. I don't see them beating Chicago. I see them playing well in those games. I don't see them winning. And as far as the NFC East is concerned, I mean, let's not sleep on Philly. Like, they're... I don't want to say that they're going to win the division, but they're not dead yet. And, of course, you got Washington, who's got Colt McCoy, and they're not dead yet either. And the way that this division has gone this season, you can't say anything until everything is final. But I, don't see, I, I will give Dallas a lot of credit because they were able to hold the best offense in football to 10 points, which is something I did not see, especially because I started Drew Brees in my fantasy league because I thought he was going to have a good Stop night. Uh, this would have been more impressive to me if it would have happened in New Orleans. It happened in Dallas. But... Right now, the Cowboys are shaping up to host a wild card game. Yep. So, I mean, going into Dallas is not a place that you want to go with this defense playing this way, with Amari Cooper starting to catch on. And you have to worry about Zeke Elliott. And Dak Prescott seems to be going back to his 2016 self, where he's staying out of his own way. He's not making stupid mistakes. Things are lining up for Dallas, which is bittersweet because on the one hand, it's great. You might win the NFC East. You can get to the playoffs. On the other hand, Jason Garrett's probably going to get an extension this offseason. Jason Garrett's just looming there. <laughs> with, that, with that stupid grin that he has. After the game, I, I was watching it in a bar, and everybody was like, oh, man, look at Jason Garrett. And I was like, just wait for the grin. Wait for the grin. And he shakes Sean Payton's hand. He looks at somebody, and there's that grin. He just, he's like, yeah, I got this all figured out. I'm the man. So I'll give Dallas credit for what they did to New Orleans. Uh, you better bet if they meet again in the playoffs – we're going to have a different ending to this story. There's no way that this happens twice. No, I don't think so. But I'll say this. I think Dallas is good enough to win a playoff game at home. I think I would pick them to beat Minnesota. I'd pick them to beat Seattle. Uh, I, I just have no faith in the Vikings. We'll get that a little bit later. Um, look, for me, I'll talk about some upsets happen on Sunday, and obviously chime in wherever you want. Uh, the Giants beating the Bears. Big. I know I know Chase Daniels, the quarterback in that game. I get it. You're the Bears. You, you, just, you can't lose that game. Giants are terrible. Okay, and I get it. There was a pick six or some I other things that happened. To the- Sometimes that happens, folks. Thought I muted the computer. I apologize. <laughs> um, excuse me. So in any event, uh, look, I I look at that game and Chase Daniel turns the ball over twice. The mm-hmm. Bears run for three and three point seven yards per attempt. It's it just it's a game that you've got to find the way. And to be fair, I thought they were going to in the fourth quarter. They scored thirteen points. You tied the game. They announced a kick. And they tie it on the last play of regulation, and then they lose in overtime. It's it's a killer loss. They only get bailed out by the fact that the Vikings can't do anything, and, and they lose up in New England. Uh, but for the Bears now, they, they, their next game, we'll of course talk about it, they host the Rams. Mm-hmm. I'll be at that game. I'll be up in the press box for it. I'm looking very forward to it. Uh, but the Bears, and that, like now the pressure's on to win that game. You lose that game. You're 8-5. and five. No longer are you out of the woods in the NFC North. So that was one game I, that caught my eye that was a big upset. Obviously, Arizona beating Green Bay. Uh, and, and then I will also get into quickly here, and I'll let you take the floor, your Buccaneers. 
uh, a big game against Carolina. Carolina might have saw its playoff hope slip away. They are now six and six. They've lost four in a row. Uh, they're one in five away from Charlotte this year, mm. and uh, they have a tough slate ahead. How do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. They sold the Saints twice. They lost a head-to-head game against Seattle a week ago, so they're not going to get that tiebreaker. They're in, they're in a rough way. I don't think they made the playoffs. Your Bucks handle it. Winston, no turnovers. Newton, four picks. Uh, and that's the difference in the game for me. The Bucks go to 5-7, and seven, and Carolina looks like they will be staying home for January. Yeah, the pan- I'm out on the Panthers. Like you can't, you can't go into Tampa against one of the worst secondaries in football for like the last five years. It's not like Tampa's secondary decided to be bad this year. You've seen this over multiple years in your division. Twice a year you've seen this secondary. And, and uh, <laughs> Cam Newton throws an interception. Three of them went to the same guy. He threw three picks to the same guy and uh, a fourth one to somebody else. That, that, that's not what you're looking for. Like that's You can't have that kind of performance if you're going to be a playoff team. And I, I didn't think that Carolina was a playoff team. I don't think that they're a playoff team now. And they're just gonna, I think they're probably going to end up playing spoiler down the stretch here. I do want to say this about the Saints, um, separate from the Cowboys. That loss needed to happen, in my opinion. They needed to lose that game because they needed to get punched in the mouth. This happened last year. Okay, They start 0-2. They go on that eight-game or seven or eight-game winning streak, whatever it was, and they're adjusting, they're, they're figuring things out, and then they lose. The winning streak ends, and they're able to reset. They're able to adjust. They need, I would rather have the Saints lose now a game like they lost to the Cowboys than lose in January. And they haven't lost like they lost to the Cowboys in January because the Minneapolis miracle was a fluky play. It's not like they got outplayed by the Vikings. It's not like they got held down to 10 points on offense by the Vikings defense. They lost a game on a fluke play. I would rather have this kind of loss happen to the Saints now so that Sean Payton can readjust, so Drew Brees can take the offense and say, look, we played horribly against a defense we should have beat. I know it was on the road. To me, this is a loss that needed to happen for the Saints. The problem with it is I think they're going to lose one of those two games to Carolina, and they, sh- they couldn't afford to lose that game to Dallas. So now it looks like the road to the Super Bowl is going to go through the L.A. Coliseum. Not the Superdome. They're still going to get one home game, and a lot can happen with the Rams. They have a little bit softer of a schedule because they play the Bears, and then it's the a Bears don't hard game to have. They it, should roll otherwise. So it's going to be a cakewalk for the Rams. This, that's why I, I think it's even more crucial that the Saints lose the game that they lost if they're not going to get home field advantage anyway, so that they can readjust and say, "Hey, what happened to us in Dallas on Thursday night doesn't happen again." And if there's a team in the NFL that can look at themselves and look inward and adjust week to week and figure out their flaws and self-diagnose, it's the Saints. They did it last year, and I think that they can do it again this year. Um, and then I want to talk about the Seahawks because they win. Right now, they are the fifth seed in the playoffs. How dangerous do you think that Pete Carroll and the Seahawks are if they get in? Because right now, they're, they're matched up against the Cowboys, which would be in Dallas. What do you see the Seahawks doing? Because at the beginning of the season, both you and I said we're out on the Seahawks. They don't have anything. They got nothing on defense. Russell Wilson's a sacrificial lamb. And Pete Carroll has turned those guys into what is right now a playoff team. So if they get in, are you where are you on the Seahawks? Are you buying 
or you're like, eh, they're, they're participating, but it was nice that they showed up. They'll be out after the first weekend. Uh, I don't think they're a threat to win the NFC or anything. I think they could win a playoff game. Look, Wilson's great. I respect Carroll, obviously. I just look at that roster and say, like, I think it's great they're overachieving, but are they really good enough to go in and, and win some major game against the Rams, the Saints? They played the Rams tough twice. I'll uh, give them that. But playing a team tough and beating them are two totally different things. So I think they're good. Uh, they should make the playoffs. They play the Cardinals and the Niners again. Those should be two wins. And then they have the Vikings and the Chiefs at home. Got to win one of them. Win one of them, you're in. Uh, I think they get that done. So, like, I think Seattle's a good team, and I give them a lot of credit. I think they're the most overachieving team in the NFL. But do I think they can make a huge run? Uh, no, I don't. And the you know, the last thing I want to end this little segment on here before we get into the other games. Uh, over the weekend, of course, the headlines have been dominated by Kareem Hunt and what yeah. happened with the Chiefs. Anyone who listens to this knows uh, I grew up and still a Chiefs fan. I tweeted this before the decision came down, and I stand by it 100%. The Chiefs did the right thing by cutting Kareem Hunt. And the Chiefs also should be nobody's hero in this because they cut him. I don't want to hear that the Chiefs did the right thing and they answer deserve criticism. Yes, they do. Because the Chiefs have gone out of their way to bring in guys who have been character issues, who have had character issues for years and years and years on the Clark Hunt. Clark Hunt took over the team in, 20, uh, in 2006 when, when his father, Omar, passed away. And one of the first things they did was hand out a six-year contract extension to Larry Johnson, $43 million bucks. Okay, Larry Johnson had been arrested twice prior to that extension for uh, violence against a woman. And then guess what? He did it three more times, so they finally moved on. And not because of that, by the way. They finally moved on. Uh, he was never suspended by the Chiefs. Then there was the Javon Belcher incident in 2012 uh, where he killed his uh, longtime girlfriend, Cassandra Perkins, the mother of his child, the, the cousin of Jamal Charles' wife, uh, and then shot himself in the parking lot at our stadium. Uh, Tyree killed the draft in 2016. Everybody knows that story by now. And then, of course, uh, the thing that happens with Hunt. Okay, Now, from our sources of fan-sided and other reports that have come out about this as well, uh, the Chiefs tried to acquire the tape uh, that was at the, the hotel in Cleveland, which is the Metropolitan at the Nine, uh, where Hunt was living in February at the time of the incident, where he shoved twice and then kicked a 19-year-old woman. Uh, no charges were filed. The NFL also tried to get the tape, did not uh, find a way to obtain it. Look, ultimately, the Chiefs did the right thing. Now, whether or not it cost them down the road, we're going to find out. But they did what they were supposed to. They, they did, really, I think, what they had to do, which was release him. He will get another chance in the NFL. He is too talented. Some team will take a shot on him. They will deal with the PR nightmare. Just look at the Redskins and Reuben Foster. Okay? Yeah. Some team will do it. It will not be the Chiefs. But, again, the Chiefs, the NFL, Hunt, they all look bad. Uh, the Chiefs just look a little less bad because they, they cut him instead of doing what a lot of teams would have done and tried to just hope that you know went away when they shut their eyes. So, uh, does it affect the Chiefs? I tend to think it doesn't affect them all that much. I still think this team is around. It revolves around Mahomes. If he's good, they're good. Uh, I think that showed on Sunday in Oakland. Look, the defense was terrible, and they they took a million penalties, and they dropped a million passes, and they scored forty points. Like th- that team, it's, it's kind of like an Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay or, or Brady in New England. Like if he if those guys are rolling, they're going to win. They're going to score. Um, but that's immaterial right now. The important thing is that Hunt uh, hopefully learns from this because that kind of nonsense has to be nipped in the butt immediately. So, 
With all that being said, and I guess, Hill, do you have any, you have any thoughts on the hunt thing? No, I mean, two things can be true at once. Like, we can applaud the Chiefs for doing the right thing and cutting Kareem Hunt, which a lot of other teams would not have done. Like, let's, we need to acknowledge that, you know, <laughs> the Dallas Cowboys are not cutting they didn't Kareem Hunt. They an extension. No. So, you can, you can applaud them for doing the right thing while also acknowledging that they, when it comes to character decisions, it's... You know, it's it's a glass house. They are not they're not something that you're looking up to to say. Yeah, they're definitely backing up everything that they say about character by them bringing in high character guys. Two two things can be true at once. Uh, Chiefs made the right call here, but I agree with you. They're absolutely nobody's hero. All right, let's roll through some of these games here. Week 14 again, games that have significant bearing on the playoffs. We will spend more time on games that don't. I'm sorry to that those fan bases, but. We love you, but we're rolling on through, okay? Thursday night, a tradition unlike any other. It's Jacksonville. It's Tennessee. It's mediocre football at best. Jacksonville is on the road in this game. The Titans are a five-point favorite. Uh, The Titans needed a miracle to escape against the Jets at home on Sunday. But they won, and that's what the NFL is about. They're 6-6. They stay a game uh, out of the sixth seed in the AFC. Uh, I think, look. I'll be very brief here. I think they win. Jacksonville got their win now. It probably drives them into the offseason. That game, you're the Colts. Boy, that'll keep you up at night. Yeah. Cody Kessler, they score six points and they beat you. That hurts. Uh, give me the Titans and what is going to be a hideous football game. I don't think the Titans are good. I, I will stand on this hill, by the way, forever. Okay, not to steal your segment here. Marcus Mariota, can you ever play a game that doesn't involve – turnovers, a bunch of incompletion. Like, can he ever just play a game where he's like 31 of 38 for 350 and fourth? Like, it's just, you look at his numbers at the end, 20, 35, 282 with two touchdowns and a pick. So, all right, you know, also lost the phone. Pick six. Early in the game, I think, like, the two-minute warning in the second quarter, he's thrown for 22 yards. Like, it's just abominable. Like, the only reason they won the game is because the Jets are just hideous. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in any event, look, give me the Titans. That's all I need to say. I'm not going to go any further. Titans, please. There you go. Look, here's the thing on, on, on the Colts, though. And I guess we can get to the Colts in a minute. But the, the fact that the Jaguars won the game on a weird play, like it was, a, it was a correct call. I think it was Ebron who got tackled out of bounds or something like that. But his forward progress was stopped. Just the fact that that affected the AFC playoff picture the way that it did. Because the Colts, you talk about the, because you said Leading into this, the Colts, yeah, they have to look at that game and be like, whoa. You look at that last play of the game and whoa. Like to have basically your season end because of that. I mean, the Colts can still make the playoffs if X, Y, and Z happens. But they need a lot more help than they would have needed if they would have won that game. So that's a a tangent we can talk about another time. But give me the Titans in this one. Matt LaFleur, baby. Let's do it. Uh, Look, let's roll right into it. Uh, Colts at Texans. Uh, Texans, four and a half point favorite. We'll spend all the time on this game. Look, Houston, Houston is on a roll. Nine wins in a row. I have been very slow to join the bandwagon. I still am to some degree. I give them credit, though. They waxed Cleveland. I thought Cleveland might really cause a problem in this game. Didn't at all. Give Houston a ton of credit. Houston is running the ball as well as any team in football right now. Uh, up and down the field they go. And, look, you know, at the end of the day, 187 yards on the ground, 4.8 yards to carry. Watson was fine. Didn't turn the ball over. Uh... I wonder when they play really good teams how that offense will play because teams are eventually going to say, look, you're not running the ball. You're going to have to throw. Well, Hopkins is phenomenal. They have nobody else. Okay, Demarius Thompson had three catches, 32 yards. 
So that all said, look, the Texans, they're playing great. They're 9-3. and three. Like, They're legitimately in the mix for the one seed in the AFC after starting 0-3. So give them that. Indianapolis comes off of what is just a brutal, hideous game. They lose 6-0. Cody Kessler throws for 150 <laughs> yards. Jacksonville runs for 2.9 yards a carry. But Luck throws the ball 52 times for 248 yards on a pick. He was sacked three times. The Colts couldn't run at all. Uh, look, to me, th- that loss is crushing for Indianapolis. But I'm going to say this. The Colts now know they have to win out. Houston is going to lose eventually. I am taking the Colts in this game. They have to win. And I think that's powerful this time of year. Give me the Colts to win outright over the four-and-a-half-point favorite Texans. Yeah, give me the Colts. I, I agree with you that the, te- the Texans can't keep this winning streak going. It, it reminds me a lot of the Panthers winning streak when they went to the Super Bowl. Not that I'm saying that the Texans are going to the Super Bowl. But you just every single win that the Panthers had when they were going 15-1, and one, you were like, all right, the shoe's going to drop next week. All right, the shoe's going to drop next week. There's no way they can keep this going. And the Panthers, to their credit, did keep it going. Bill O'Brien is not going to keep it going. Like, that is really all you need to know. There is going to be a game situation in which there's a right thing to do and a Bill O'Brien wrong thing to do. And I don't think it takes a rocket scientist to decide which one he's going to take. Well, which one he's going to take. So give me the Colts in this one. Like you said, they need to win. And they're not a bad team. Like Frank Wright, we were talking about this during the game. The whole Josh McDaniels drama, how they got left at the altar by him, ended up being a blessing in disguise because they have right now who has ended up being the right choice. He's an innovative offensive mind. He's a guy who's finally going to invest in Andrew Luck the way other coaches like Chuck Pagano and his offensive coordinators should have and didn't. He's Luck's finally getting some protection. I know that's, that rings a little hollow after a game in which they scored all of zero points, but... The Frank Reich future is a lot brighter than I think maybe a lot of people thought when all of the drama with Josh McDaniels is going down. If they win this game, very much still in the playoff hunt, and I believe in the Colts. And so does Jason Cole, our editor-in-chief. He's got him go winning the Super Bowl, so there's that. Jason went rogue. <laughs> it's because he's a Stanford guy, and so is Locke. Uh, that's aggressive. I like Jason. That, that's aggressive, so I'll get out. Uh, all right, th- we got a couple games here. We're just going to. Gonna kind of roll through and make some picks. I feel about Jets Bills. I feel very badly about Jets. So so the Jets and the Bills. I feel like picking the Bills and Jets Bills because oh I'm gonna pick the Bills. The Bills are not the Bills. Okay, the Bills are a bad team. I should say they're not a bad team. But they're like playing better as the years gone on, and the Jets are not doing so. Yeah, the Jets they crapped away a game against the Titans on Sunday, which they should have won. Like Marcus Mariota is doing everything in his power to lose that game and fell ass backwards into a win. Because the Jets have just completely given up. Look, Todd Bowles, he was—he did a lot last year with a very little, so give him credit for that. He's going to get fired at the end of the year. He's going to get another job somewhere. He shouldn't be a head coach, though, because this is an offensive league, so you should be a defensive coordinator. But if you're, if you're a team that needs a defensive coordinator, like if you're Kansas City, okay, and Bob Sutton's gone at the end of the year by some miracle. That would be a miracle. And Todd, and and Todd Bowles comes up. I know we talked a lot about Rex Ryan here and there, but Todd Bowles comes up, and he's like, I want to be on Andrew Reid's staff. I want Probably to coach the Reed. defense. That's a great move. Well, and Reid has been a coach with him before. But so, I know it's hypothetical. Yeah, but um, long story short, give me the bills in this one, and RIP the Todd Bowles era, which went better than expected, but still ended uh, in his firing. Bills went, Bills are favorite by three and a half. Give me the Bills. Give me the Jets to cover. That game, I'm not spending our second on. 
Panthers at Browns. Uh, <laughs> it's, the game's a hiccup. Wow. Uh, I'll tell you straight up. Give me Cleveland. I think Carolina is so cooked. It's unbelievable. Uh, I think Cleveland at least is young. They're, they're trying to get better. They're fighting hard. The Panthers are just in the tank. Uh, I'll take Cleveland in a game that at this point I don't think really matters. I, I think no. Cleveland's cooked, and I, I think Carolina's cooked. So uh, it's about pride. I know Carolina's got some some hopes that maybe they get back in there, but good luck. Baker Mayfield had a very, very bad game in Houston, and I think he needed a half. Like he's riding so high. We got Baker Mania. It's swagger this, swagger that. They're trashing Hugh Jackson. There's a lot of bravado, a lot of machismo going through a locker room that really hasn't earned it yet. And there was a humbling that happened in Houston on Sunday with Baker Mayfield. He threw some very bad picks. He also ran up against some great defensive schemes that outsmarted him. He needed what happened to him on Sunday to happen. And we're going to see how he reacts going out to, to Carol, uh, well, Carolina's coming to Cleveland. But going to this next game against Carolina, how is he going to come off of a game where – he couldn't have looked any worse than he did. How is he going to come into this next game? So I'm very interested to see that. And I think he's going to. I think it's going to be all right because Baker seems to be that kind of poised guy. But this the game that happened to him in Houston, it needed to happen to him. And unfortunately, I think he's going to let it out on the Panthers, which says a lot about the Panthers that Baker Mayfield's letting They're out his cooked. anger on them. Good God! They're cooked. They're cooked. And Newton, you just never know with him one week or the next. Newton has games where you watch him. God, he, he can be an all-pro year after year. And then there's other games. Where, like today, four picks. He just looks like he has no idea what he's doing. I, it's, it's a very weird situation with him. I just want to say Andrew Adams. Something called Andrew Adams. Three picks. I'm not kidding. And I, I mean, I cover the league for a living. I pride myself. I've never even heard of him. Uh, okay, so... Uh, Atlanta at Green Bay, the Joe Philbin era, the brief Joe Philbin era be- begins <laughs> Existential. with the Pack. Uh, look, the Packers are a six-point favorite in the game. I don't know how. Um, I'm going to take the Packers only because I think the Falcons are everybody's done as uh, as Atlanta. And excuse me, I think Atlanta's everybody's done Green, as Green Bay is. And I think the Packers, with McCarthy getting fired, they'll kind of fire themselves up for a week. Give me the Packers. There's no reason to go any further into this. Both teams are, are bad. They're both four-win teams. Uh, but I'll take the Packers to win at home. Where they are, or they were undefeated until they lost to the Cardinals. <laughs> Josh Rosen and the Cardinals. Wow. Yeah, give me the Packers in this one. They have the better roster. And I, I say that with an asterisk, saying meaning that they have the more healthy roster. Yeah, Because the reason that the, the Falcons are so trash this series because everybody's hurt. Everybody got hurt in that first game, and they've just been dropping like flies since then. And Matt Ryan can only do so much with Steve Sarkeesian as his offensive coordinator. So give me the Packers in this one, but I'm not at all confident about it. Uh, okay, so Giants at Redskins. Redskins favored by two and a half. We, of course, don't have uh, the result of a Washington this week. They're at Philadelphia. Uh, look, how do you how do you handicap Colt McCoy? I I okay. I, I, I got a Colt stat McCoy up. is a handicap. Here, here's a stat God. that will be in my stack in the box call Monday morning on fansided.com. Please go check it out. Uh, some new inserts in it this time around that weren't in there last time. But here's my random stat of the week: Colt McCoy and Carson Wentz will meet up Monday night when the Redskins and Eagles clash. McCoy was drafted by the Browns in 2010 and has 29 career touchdown passes. Wentz, drafted in 2017, already is 65. Here's the stat, though, that's incredible. Incredibly, 
Wentz only has one more interception than McCoy despite throwing 485 more career passes. Wow. Okay? That means McCoy is garbage and fuego. All right? Now, I'm taking, I'm taking though, the garbage and fuego in this game. They're at home against the Giants. The Giants are an entire team of garbage and fuego. So, <laughs> like, I'm taking the Redskins. I'm not happy about it, but I'm taking them. Uh, because they should still be in the race somewhat, no matter what happens on Monday night. Uh, and I just think the Giants, like they won, I, I give them credit, they've won three or four, but do they impress you? They don't no, impress me. They don't impress me at all. Um, give me the Redskins. That's really all I have to say. That's about. it. That's fine. Okay. Uh, keeping on with the one o'clock slate, Saints at Bucks. Saints, nine and a half point favorite. As always, look, I, I just let you go here. Uh, I got to be frank. I think the Saints are winning this game. They just lost. They're coming off a long break. I can see the Bucks covering the spread, but I, I think the Saints win, uh, and they get themselves to what, what would be 11 and 2. I've talked myself into the Bucks winning this game in the most ridiculous, almost nonsensical ways. The Saints... Saw Ryan Fitzpatrick week one, who lit them up like a Christmas tree, which, as we've seen from the Saints defense, isn't necessarily anything impressive because a lot of teams have managed to do that. However, now we've got Jameis Winston in the game. So we were seeing two different quarterbacks in two different parts of the season. And Winston, to his incredible credit, is playing very well right now. He's not turning the ball over. Visor Winston is what he is. Two games he's had the visor on, which must be like prescription because he couldn't see before without it. Uh, he's playing incredibly well. Uh, look, the Saints are going to win this game. I'm picking the Bucs because it breaks my heart to pick against them, and I would certainly love for them to sweep the team that very well could be the Super Bowl winner. Uh, I still, for my Vikings fans' friends, hold it to them that in the 1998 season, 15-1, the one was Tampa Bay. So the Saints are in all likelihood going to win this game, especially because they lost to Dallas, and they can't afford to lose this game. They, just, they simply can't. If they want any hope of getting the number one seed, they have to win out and then hope that there's a hiccup somewhere along the way with the Rams, which is possible because they play Chicago. And who knows if things get wonky down that stretch of the season. So if I'm betting, if I'm instructing you how to bet on this game, I say pick the Saints. If I'm instructing you on in how to watch football in an enjoyable way, pick the Buccaneers because that ultimate chaos that ensues from Tampa Bay winning this game and the joy that I will have on this podcast next week is going to be well worth it. Baltimore at Kansas City. Kansas City, an eight-and-a-half-point favorite. Of course, we already talked about Kareem Hunt uh, drama and the madness and the ugliness that went on there. But they move on. They win. They score 40 points uh, over Oakland. I will tell you, that game gave me a borderline aneurysm watching the Chiefs in that game. My God, that defense. It did. They just – the Chiefs defense, they could be winning by 50 points, and you just always feel like somehow it's going to turn into a game. And, and so help me God if it didn't. Uh, but the Chiefs did win in an offensive shootout. Uh, the Raiders had 442 yards of offense. The Chiefs had 469. The, the possession was basically even. The difference, Raiders turned the ball over three times. Uh, and Mahomes made it made big plays toward the end of the game, 295 and four touchdowns. No, look, I'll be, I'll be as brief as I can be here on talking about the Chiefs. Uh, the, the, the Ravens are a weird matchup for everybody right now because they play a little bit different than most teams. Look, Lamar Jackson, 12 of 21 for a buck 25. Ooh, no, thank you. Not scaring you, okay? But they ran the ball for 207 yards. The Chiefs' run defense is atrocious. But 
you're usually game planning to stop the pass first. So you're not with the Ravens. You're, you're trying to stop the run. I will be very, very curious to see how this game plays out at Arrowhead. The Chiefs are eight and a half point favorites. I will say I'm taking Chiefs to win the game. If it was in Baltimore, I would be very tempted to pick the Ravens. Uh, I, I am picking the Chiefs, though, because of a few reasons. A, they're at home. B, the Chiefs have played Jacksonville, and Jacksonville is supposedly the best defense in football. They let them up. Okay? They've played some other teams. The Chargers are supposed to have really good defense. The Chiefs scored 38 points on them. The Rams, not a great defense, but some individual talent. She scored 51 points despite five turnovers and 13 penalties. Case in point, the Chiefs are going to score in this game. I don't care how good Baltimore's defense is. They're, they're going to score points. Can Baltimore, with that offense, with the way Jackson plays, can they get to 30, 35 points on the road at Arrowhead Stadium? Because they're going to have to. They're not winning this game 23-20. to They're going to need to put up points in this game. I don't think they can do it. I, I think Baltimore covers. I think it's probably something like a 30-23 game. Uh, I think Baltimore fights hard. I think Baltimore very well might be in the playoffs. Who knows? Maybe they even see each other again. Uh, but I think the Chiefs are the better team. The Chiefs, look, they're playing for a lot, too. They've got to keep winning to be the one seed. New England doesn't lose. Houston doesn't lose. Okay, they still have to clinch the division. Chargers are nipping at the heels. So I'll take Kansas City, but I do think it's an intriguing game for those reasons. Yeah, give me Kansas City in this one. And it really, the thing about this, too, is the Chiefs aren't out of the woods here, okay? Because we're watching this Sunday night game, and the Chargers are just beating the doors off of the Steelers late in this game. 23 unanswered in the second half. So 23 far. unanswered points. And this is significant. Like, the Chargers are about to be 9-3. and three. If they win. It's 30-23 to 23 or 5 Assuming they win. All of a sudden, the game that we're going to, actually, the Thursday night game with the... Uh, by the way, Ryan Switzer just got ended in this play that we just been watching. Um, the game that we're going to, the Thursday night game, Chiefs and the Chargers, which, yep. by the way, if you're listening, you're at Arrowhead. Say hi. Yep. Um, that, all of a sudden, if the, if the Chargers win this game, becomes a very significant game. Now, of course, the, the Chiefs are probably going to win out. They're probably going to get the one seed. They'll oh. be fine. But th- that's the thing. Like To your point about the Chiefs can be up by how many ever points on the, Ra- on the Raiders and the game isn't over until it's over – this is textbook Chiefs. They are in the driver's seat to get the one seed, to control the, AF, the, the road to the Super Bowl in the AFC. And we're sitting here, week 13, and we're nervous. Like, historically, the Chiefs have let you down. So uh, yeah, I, 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 they're going to win. I think they're going to beat the, the Ravens, even though the run defense is what it is, and Gus the Bus is about to come in and, and do what he does best. If Gus the Bus beats the Chiefs, I, the, you're going to have to find our podcast. So I'll side that. Uh, also, like you mentioned when we were watching the Raiders game, Eric Berry was healthy for this game, and he didn't play. You have to think that they're he probably going to play against play Baltimore. Him. And he's definitely going to play. If he plays against Baltimore, he's playing the rest of the year. And if he doesn't play against Baltimore, he's definitely playing on that Thursday he, and playing the rest he, of the year. Is, my understanding is he will play. He'll be on a pitch count in the game. Because they have a game four days later that they care even more about. Um, something to keep in mind is the Chargers here. The Chiefs are going to, even if the Chiefs lose to the Chargers, if the two teams end up tied at the end of the year, as long as the Chiefs beat the Raiders at Arrowhead week 17, uh, the Chiefs will own the tiebreaker because they'll have the better divisional record. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs will be 5 1 in the West. The best the Chargers can do is go 4 and 2. Um, so, in all likelihood, even if the Chargers do beat Pittsburgh, the Chiefs are going to win the division. The question with the Chiefs is, can they get that one seed? Yeah. 
That's the big deal. I still think they can lose a game and get there. Uh, but that's what they're going to need. By the way, and of course, you, you might all know, this is a moot point in a little bit, James Conner is down and holding his ankle for Pittsburgh. That is uh, that is not good if you're a Steelers fan. If he is significantly hurt, and I'm sorry, I know, again, you're going to all know the answer to this, but I just want to see the replay here. And he got really rolled up. Um, okay, regardless, let's finish up with the 1 o'clock slate. Okay, New England at Miami. Miami is, at, of course, at home. They just beat the Bills. In my, and by the way, yeah. Okay, <laughs> for anyone who didn't see the game, Miami's up 21-17. I have killed Josh Allen from, from A to Z, okay? And, and not because I don't like the kid, but just I just think it was a bad pick at the time. Now, give him credit. Works hard, plays hard. He's 18-33 with a couple of pick saves. Nothing great. But at the end of the game, by the way, Josh Allen, 135 yards rushing. Man, should be a running back. He's mobile. That'd be, okay. He makes up for his inaccuracies. He's mobile. He's mobility. <laughs> that being said, we were all we were watching him, Jason, in the office. And fourth down, my God, he throws a ball down 21-17 with a minute to go in the game. Charles Clay is wide open in the end. Like, it was a hard throw. It was down the field across by. He hits him. I mean, there's nobody within 10 yards of him. It's, a, it's an easy – Kind of catch a punt, and he underthrew it. Uh, the Dolphins, though, do escape. They're six and six. Tannehill in his return, uh, sixteen to twenty-four, a buck thirty-seven. The return of Tannehill, not great. Uh, not something you're bragging to your kids about uh, ten years down the road. But they win the game. They're six and six. They're playing for quite a bit. They're one game out off the pace of Baltimore for the six seed. And now, big bad New England comes to ten. New England killed them in Week Four earlier this year, thirty-eight to seven. That was our first uh, Brock Osweiler appearance. It was. New England always struggles in Miami in these games. I don't know what their deal is. They never, ever, ever, ever play them well down there. I think Miami covers, but I think New England wins because New England is trying to get a bye, and I don't think that goes by the boards on them. I think New England finds a way. I think New England finds a way, too. They're, they're chasing the Chiefs. They know that they need to not have any sort of hiccups down the stretch here. And there's a couple of landmines that the Chiefs might step on here because they have the game against the Chargers. They have the game against the Seahawks. I think that the Chargers are a more formidable foe to the to the Chiefs than the Seahawks are. But those are two games that you Seahawks could. are on the road, though, at night. That's it. And that's it. So if I'm New England, I'm circling both of those games and saying, hey, guys, if we can how do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. Went out. Right, she's right. That's big time. So, and they, they lose a game like this. If this is a reason, the reason why they don't get the one seed, like, say Kansas City loses one of those games, and right. it puts New England in a position to have gotten the one seed, but they don't get it because they lost to Ryan Tannehill and Adam Gaze and Kenyon Drake and all that trash down there in Miami. Yikes. Like, that's not, that's not how you're looking to, to lose the one seed. So, give me New England in this one, and oof. Adam Gase, get your quarterback next year because Ryan Tannehill is not the guy. Uh, I I would agree. Look, Tannehill, we can get into the whole thing there at time, but yeah, Tannehill's not the guy in Miami for a lot of reasons. Okay, look, a couple games at four hundred five Eastern, then there's three at four twenty five, and of course Sunday the Monday night games we'll get to. Uh, Cincinnati's at Los Angeles, the Chargers that is. 
Chargers' biggest line of the week, 14.5 points favorite. I'll, I'll be uh, very blunt about this. The Chargers are going to kill the Bengals. The Chargers are a good team. The Bengals are not. A.J. Green's out with a toe injury, re-aggravated against Denver. Jeff Driscoll's playing. You could make, I'm, no, I'm serious. You can make that like 30 points, I think, about taking the Chargers. Uh, they will smoke the Bengals. Well, everybody's going to forget to start out 4-1. and one. Things went downhill in a big way for Cincinnati. Uh, give me the Chargers all day. And by the way, as we're recording this, just you guys can get a feel for how, what we're seeing. Uh, the Steelers just tied the game at 30. James Conner goes limping into the tunnel. There's a lot going on here in Pittsburgh. But in any event, uh, give me the Chargers big time. Uh, in in uh, week 14 against the Bengals. Uh, mucho Chargers in this one for me. And the Bengals slide here after incredibly starting very good this season. It is eerily reminiscent of the last Mike Smith year in Atlanta where things just went off the rails hardcore. And they, you know, they started out a little bit all right. You're like, hey, maybe they're going to finally figure this out. And then they just right off the cliff. Mike Smith's gone. They move on to Dan Quinn. They move into a new era. The difference here is that you're moving on from Marvin Lewis to the Hugh Jackson era, which isn't necessarily a step forward so much as it is a leap off of the aforementioned cliff. So if you're a Bengals fan, it's really hard to be excited about this. What I would love is for the Cincinnati Bengals to power move flex on the Cleveland Browns, their Ohio brothers, and hire Mike McCarthy. That would be great. It'll never happen because they're going to give that job to Hugh Jackson because – Look, the Bengals just don't care, but that, that would be an incredible flex. But that's just kind of the, the, the sad future you have to look forward to if you're a Bengals fan is this season is lost, but unlike that Falcons team, which had Dan Quinn to look forward to in kind of a revival, you've got Hugh Jackson, which is going to be a little bit more of the same with maybe less of the playoff success, which if you've been watching Marvin Lewis is as low as that bar can go. Uh, long story short, give me the Chargers. Uh, another game I'm going to be really, like, extremely blunt with. Denver at San Francisco. <laughs> Denver's winning the game. Denver's Jeez. a six-point favorite. Give me, give me the Bronx to cover. They lost Chris Harris for the year. The broken legs, a huge loss, but I, I do not think it's going to matter this week. Uh, Denver is fighting for a playoff spot. San Francisco is fighting for draft position. Uh, Denver is going to win that game. They will move to 7-6 and six and win their fourth in a row. Uh, yeah, give me the Bronx on this one. And give me coach of the year to Kyle Shanahan. For extending the last like two or three minutes of a very of the game that he had already lost in Seattle, he extended it the last two minutes of that game an extra like fifteen because he's like, look, stick to the play call. We got a strategy here. We got to score, even though we're not going to win. Even though this touchdown or field goal or whatever isn't going to matter, we just got to go. We got to play the game. God, that is such a hard old move. Give me that all day. Give me that directly in my veins, Kyle Shanahan. Uh, but give me the Broncos to win this game. Uh, Detroit and Arizona. God, jeez, yeah. come on. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Detroit's favored by a point and a half. Uh, good God almighty. You know what, man? Give me the Cardinals. I don't care. You know, I have been a guy who have long said, I think, staff, the, the Lions suck. I, I'm sorry, I know it's like the worst analysis in the world. The Lions suck. They really do. They find just the most inept ways to lose games. I, give me the Cardinals. I don't, you know what? The Cardinals at least have been playing hard recently. They won at Green Bay. They, they gave the Chiefs a scare at Arrowhead. Uh, g- give me Arizona to win it all. Give me Arizona just because I really like to live in a world where the Cardinals and Josh Rosen and offensive coordinator slash future offensive guru Byron Leftwich got the best of half of the NFC North. Because if they beat the Lions, they'll have beaten the Packers and the Lions – Almost beat the Bears, 
and led the Vikings for a lot more of that game than we thought they were going to. Give me the Cardinals in this one because the, the Lions are just, ugh, yeesh. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, okay, Pittsburgh. Of course, it's line my move some here after this game one way or the other. Uh, they are at Oakland. They go cross-country next week. Doesn't matter. It's still favored by 11 points. The Raiders, of course, played a wild game against Kansas City. Actually almost won the game. Uh, found a way to lose with three turnovers. Steelers, 11-point favorite here. I, we don't know, of course. This game is winding under three minutes. and It's anybody's ball game here. It's the Chargers. Uh, Steelers locked at 30. I'll, I'll just say, look, the Steelers go win the game. I, I don't see any way, especially if they lose. My God, they might be hang 60 on Oakland just to, to get some uh, rage out. But, yeah, give me, give me Pittsburgh to win. Oakland continues its slide toward a top three pick. Uh, agreed. I, I really don't want to talk about the Raiders. Give me, give me the Steelers. Yeah, that seems fair enough. Okay, the other 425 game, Philly at Dallas. Uh, of course, Dallas is leading the division 7-5. Philly handles business against Washington in Philadelphia. It'll be 6-6. Six six. Uh, huge game in the NFC East. Dallas is favored by four points. I got to tell you, I like Dallas. I like Dallas at home. I think they're playing really well, and their defense is playing excellent football. Uh, I trust Zeke to have a good game there. I think Prescott has found a little bit of a, of a niche in this offense with Cooper. I killed the trade at the time. I said the Cowboys were dumb for giving up a first-round pick. I got to be fair. Cooper's been good. Uh, look, I, I still wouldn't have done the deal. I still think it was an overpay. But the Cowboys have played real well, and I think they will win this game. They'll sweep the Eagles. Uh, yeah, give me the Cowboys. They're fighting for the NFC East title. I mean, that's that's pretty significant. So I agree with you on the Amari Cooper trade. But really, essentially, I would have given up. I mean, when they gave them up the first-round pick, I was like, well, you really couldn't have given up a second-round pick? Like, come on. But the more that they win, the more that this pick is kind of like a high second-rounder. I know that's an I hate it when people say, you know, oh, you know, Amari Cooper is better than whoever we would have drafted at slot whatever. Right. But... As we've seen with these Gruden trades, the Khalil Mack deal, which wish they get a first rounder from the Bears, is now going to be a high second rounder. Which the second rounder that they gave back to the Bears <laughs> might be is now essentially going to be a first rounder, which is hilarious. And now this first rounder that they get from the Cowboys is going to be a late first rounder, it seems. And now the Cowboys are going to lock up Amari. They're going to have a nice weapon for Dak Prescott. Uh, that's long term. Short term, give me them over the Eagles. I don't really care what Philly does on Monday. I think they're going to win for the record on Monday against the Redskins. But give me uh, the Cowboys over the Eagles. Yeah. Uh, look, there's some bad football games on week 14. There's some good ones. This is a really, really good one. The Rams at the Bears, 820 Eastern, Sunday Night Football. Uh, as I mentioned, I will be there. Can't wait to cover that game in person down at Soldier Field. Uh, it's really basically an obstacle to jump from our offshore in Chicago. Uh, look, I got to say, though, I'm taking the Rams in the game. I, I just I think they're right now, they're as good as anybody in the league. I think the Rams, the Chiefs, and the Saints, you could split it with Harris. I, I don't think there's a lot of difference between all three teams. I think when the Rams and the Chiefs played, I think you saw that. I don't, that game's played 10 times, Rage went five. Uh, but I think they're all better than the Bears. The Bears are good. The problem with the Bears, I do feel like they've got to play a certain way. And if they don't play a certain way, they have a problem winning. They need to be able to control the clock, run the ball, get a lot of pressure, force some mistakes. They, I feel like if they play you straight up in the turnover battle, if you're a good team, they have a hard time winning. Give me the Rams in the game. Wouldn't be shocked if the Bears covered the four-point spread, but give me Los Angeles to win the game and continue on this March so the one seed. They'd be 12-1. and one. I think they get there. 
Uh, yeah, give me, give me the Rams in this one. Uh, although it's going to be a nice test for old minimum wage Mitchell Trubisky to see if he can go up against a defense, assuming he plays in prime time, to see how well he goes up against a Super Bowl caliber team. It's going to be a nice test, but give me the Rams. By the way, a real time dying on this hill as it happens and develops live and in color. Uh, the, the Los Angeles Chargers are going to win in Pittsburgh on the leg of a kicker. Redemption, baby. I'm all about the redemption story. Give it to me. That's what's going to happen. Here's, so my, here's my dying on the prediction. And I want to flip like a dog tomorrow. Yeah, they're going to miss another kick. Because <laughs> they just do this every single time. Oh, God. And I don't care. Look, that kicker, they're showing him right now kicking him to a net. He's going to be kicking. He's just spinning he, the ball. He looks terrified. He's like, oh, my God. Please score a he, touchdown. He's, he's like, I know I'm going to miss. I miss every time. This team is just every time. I'm a big believer in, and I know some people say this is dumb, and I get it. It's fine. Some people will say, well, you know, historically it doesn't matter because every team changes. It's just on the luxury it stays the same. That's fine. There are some franchises that just find ways to win games, and there are others. God knows. I'm a Chief fan. I know about it. Okay? The, I don't care. The names change. The players change. Go, just, they just find ways to blow games. Now, it's the Chargers, just, by the way, also just helped the Steelers. actually went out of bounds here. So I, we won't get to into it because I know this game will be over by the time everyone listens. But I always, I always love clock magic. Which, by the way, Killed the Chargers two weeks ago against Denver when they went out of bounds. That's Oops. yeah. That's here Speaking of teams that have been just doomed by kickers, oh, the we Vikings. got the Vikings Monday night. Holy crap! Vikings at Seahawks. Seattle favored by three. Uh, look, this game has a lot of playoff implications. Seattle is seven and five. Uh, Minnesota six five and one. I am, I am taking Seattle in this game. Look, man, I, I have dogs. I don't say I have dogs. That's not fair. I have I've been tepid in my enthusiasm about them because I just feel like. The talent level is not something that excites me, but they just keep winning. And Minnesota is a polar opposite of that. Uh, by the way, I'm done dying on that hill. It's asking like a 35 for a fill because the Steelers just can't I don't know, man. I don't know. They, um, they can miss from. They can miss a chip I mean, shot. Mike got third and fourth. Guys running wide open. Allen has like 200 yards of season. This game. They just can't cover him. Uh, but look, Minnesota is a complete opposite of how I feel about Seattle. Minnesota's roster is great, and you watch them, and you just like, no, it's not that not that good of a team. So give me Seattle to win the game to cover. I, I think Minnesota's okay. I think they find their way to the playoffs. I think they're one and done. Uh, give me Seattle in this one because I'm very out on Kirk Cousins. Like, that is $83 million down the drain. We were having this conversation last week about the upcoming quarterback class, not in the draft, but of free agents. You've got potentially Joe Flacco. And Ryan Fitzpatrick, Teddy Bridgewater, who played for the Vikings for a while. Uh, maybe Andy Dalton goes and gets released. You have, a, you have a bunch of guys who can go out and be a Kirk Cousins type of signing for far less money. Like, if I'm the Vikings, maybe I keep, uh, keep Case Keenum for another year. I'm able to get out from his contract after this season. And I go out and I bring in Joe Flacco. Like, look, Joe Flacco is not a world beater. Okay, He's not going to go out there and win an MVP for the Vikings. But would you rather have Joe Flacco or Kirk Cousins at this point? It's pretty even. And yeah. one of those guys is making an extraordinarily outrageous amount of money, and the other guy is Kirk Cousins, who's making $83 million guaranteed. Oh, 84, hell, I'm cut him short. It is. I mean, it's just ridiculous. $27 million a year to basically be Case Keenum. And here's the thing. Against good teams. The Vikings against that, yeah, that's the point. Every single good team that they've played this year, like they look, oh, yeah, you know, you'd be able to beat, you're tied the Packers, whatever, they get beat them last week. 
blah, blah, blah. I don't care. You lost to the Saints. You lost to the Rams. You lost to the Patriots. Oh, and by the way, you lost at home to the Bills. Like, lest we forget that that is a huge loss. Lost is an understatement. You lost to the they, Bears they in prime beat, time. They stole something in that game. Yeah, and you you, you lose to Metro Trubisky in prime time. The Bears. It's just look, I, the Vikings need to win a prime time game, and they need to win a game against a good team before I can believe that they're going to be anything more than what you said—a one and done in the playoffs, which is going to be something we need to hammer as football fans heading into the offseason because the Vikings, it seems it's always something. They get the Minneapolis miracle last year, which seems to have all of us, they're paying the tax for that now because they can't find a kicker. What else is new? I mean, going back to Gary Anderson, my God. And now they've never been able to find a quarterback. Going back to how many different, I mean, Randall Cunningham was arguably the last good quarterback they had and then some good years from Dante Culpepper and then that one good year from Favre. But it's like the Chargers missed the field. Oh, there you oh, go. My God. There you go. That team. It, I mean, wow. And a flag, there's a flag. There's a flag. Oh, 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 oh my God! Oh my God! It's on Pittsburgh. You were right. The hill you died this, on. This is just unbelievable. This is, this is offside on the steel, and it didn't even affect the play. Like wow. they just lined up correctly. The guy missed. He hooked it to the left, barely, but he missed. It's on Joe Hayden. Uh, I'm sorry. I know we're. Well, I just. I have to see a replay of this. Let's see. Is he? Did he move early? Was he offside? Oh, it was uh, somebody. I don't think. It was I don't Hayden. think it was him, but 21. it was somebody else. Although you could have called holding. Nah. Hayden was held. Well, now, hold on. Now we're investing. It, now it's a 34-yard field. Come the on, man. He's had one good look I at it. I almost feel like it's just going to get blocked and run back to touch. Redemption badly. It's just. And by the way, the Steelers, no discipline. Never can stop. Like the Steelers are just. Listen, I have a lot of thoughts. Well, actually, I'm going to hit right after this kick here. Assuming he, we're we're running up against the one hour mark, so I we have a few minutes. <laughs> I mean, this is 34 yards. How do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K, unreasonably good. Oh, they, they jump again. Oh, my they God. Got he blocked And they're going to return. Oh, oh, what are you doing? They jumped off sides again. I thought, I thought they did, too. This is incredible. Flag. This is incredible. Flag. This is ridiculous. This is why. Now, we said at the beginning of the year that the Steelers weren't going to win the division. We were wrong about that. But this is why the Steelers we lose. Baltimore's a half game back. But this is why the Steelers lose to the Jaguars in the playoffs. They're an undisciplined team. We said it in the uh, pregame show on, on Periscope. The Steelers are an emotional team, and that high emotion, nine times out of ten, helps them win games. But right now, back-to-back offsides penalties that have negated what would have been not a game-winning field goal. He misses the first one, you block the second one. Are you kidding me? And by the way, if this guy misses three times in a row... <laughs> this is this one's not even oh. an extra point, mate. This one's twenty nine. Roethlisberger's ready to throw every single person under the bus. <laughs> so Tom, Tom was thinking about how they can spend even watch it. He's got his uh, no, no, This is incredible. He knows. What so he's now, doing. now from twenty nine yards, the third attempt of this. Hopefully, everyone listening to this at least gets a laugh out of this going out ends. Well, you need to relive this. Nine yards to go here. I mean, a chip shot from the left hash. If he misses this, this is going to be an explicit podcast. This is yeah, this is going to be so bad. The kick is. Oh my oh god! Oh my god! He, he oh, got he, it! Thank he God, Badgley. He got it, and the guy coming off the end. 
How he didn't block it, I have no idea. But it's good. This guy's so happy. He just missed two kicks in a row. By the way, rare, rare case. We were both right. But he made it. I was right. And he missed it. You were right. So, But long story short, big win for the Chargers. Chargers moved Holy to 9-3. So we'll hit it real quick here. Chargers moved to 9-3. and three. Uh, Tremendous, tremendous effort by them. They were down 23-7. to oh, seven. just jumped too Got soon. 25. There's already Burns and Steelers. He was so far ahead of this. And I, he was way offsides. He jumped offsides. He actually, I think if he wasn't offsides, he would have blocked it. Yep. That's what you get. That's what you get for jumping oh, offsides. He is pissed, boy. I'll tell you. James Washington wasn't active for this game, so I don't know who he's throwing on the bus. Maybe it'll be Hunter. I, we'll, we'll find out. Rivers is dancing around him. He's having a ninth he, He's kid. having a ninth kid. <laughs> uh, the Steelers, my God, it's a funeral on that sideline. James Conner, by the way, never came back. Nope. Uh, no idea how hurt he is. Wow. So the Chargers, i got to give it to him. My criticism of the Chargers is always, always they never beat good teams. Mm-hmm. They finally beat a good team. And they did it in a spot where credit is due. I thought the Steelers would blow them out tonight. And I said, and I want to make it clear, not because I think the Chargers aren't a good team. They are a good team. But because the Steelers in those spots, on prime time, in their own building, they're tough to beat. I know they lost to Baltimore earlier this year. They're very tough to beat in those spots. They, they find a way to get it done. Pittsburgh now, look, let's spin it real quick here before we sign off. Pittsburgh falls to 7-4-1. and one. Yeah. Okay. The Texans have three losses. The Pats have three losses. The Chiefs have two losses. Guess what? Pittsburgh's the four seed. Mm-hmm. Because Houston is not going to lose more than once with that schedule. And New England's not losing more than once with their schedule. And Kansas City's not losing twice. Okay? Actually, in Kansas City, would have to lose three times. Yep. So that's not happening. There's no chance that's happening. Uh they're the four seed. They are not going to get a bye. They will win the division. They're half game up on Baltimore. They should be able to handle business. Their schedule's much easier. Uh, actually, no, I shouldn't say it's much easier. It's about the same. But I would think the Steelers will hang on in the division. But wow. That is – you're up 23-7. That's about That's as brutal. bad as it gets. And that game, by the way, at 23-7, they should have picked off Rivers in the end zone. That game's over yep. if they pick him off. The ball is – Ricocheting up into the air, and Allen catches it for a touchdown. What a crazy, crazy, crazy win. Uh, so, real quick, y'all, uh, thoughts on how it shapes up for the AFC playoff picture. Which, by the way, this looks like it's going to be a rematch of Hawthorne round. Yeah. It, this it, looks like four or five all the way. I'll say this about the Steelers, and I'll, I'll, end, up, I'll end on this point. Um, the last three games for them, Jacksonville, Denver, and then this game. They should have lost all three of those games. Yeah, should have. They've lost two. They, they, they lost to Denver, and then they lost tonight against Los Angeles. They should have lost to Jacksonville. We're having a really rough stretch here for Pittsburgh, and this is not the time of the year where you want to be losing consecutive games like this. Like I said, it was a good thing that the Saints lost because they can stop, they can adjust, they can say, look what we screwed up, let's move forward and, and self-diagnose. The Steelers, the, the, the wheels are flying off of the clown car. Like, it happened last year against Jacksonville. It's happening again right now. And this is... I'm fascinated by how the Steelers are going to finish this season because they have a game against New England, which I don't think they're going to win now. Not that I thought they were going to win it before. But how are they going to play in some of these other games? I mean, they're no safe bet now. This is incredible. Like, that... Wow. And all credit to the Chargers. Like, for like you said it. There's If there's a team that can find a way to screw itself 
more aggressively than the Chargers. We haven't seen them yet. And they've come out here and they went, get a big win on the road. Huge Finally win. Beat a good team. So. Might be a galvanizing wow. win for them. I still think the Chiefs hold all the cards in the AC West just because they're going to win the tiebreaker. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that's a big win. Chargers are a true wild card, man. They are. In every sense the of the Chargers world. are the type of team, I'll be very blunt. Wouldn't be surprised at all if they lost to Pittsburgh in the wild card games. They play each other again. Wouldn't be shocked at all if the Chargers win that game and they're they're you know playing the Chiefs or the Pats to the, to the wire. I would not be shocked at all one way or the other. Both Chargers win the game, uh, and that is something to keep in mind going Woo. forward if they see each other again. I'm so excited uh, for I, the AFC playoffs. Yeah, the AFC, <laughs> My everybody God. thought the AFC wow. was going to be the better conference. The AFC is just loaded. Um, I'll leave it on this note. Something to consider. Last week we talked about how, and I might be one or two off on this, we talked about how the Steelers have this ridiculous balance offensively. Uh, and like every team throws more now than they run. Okay, I, I, And for an example tonight, the Chargers. 36 attempts throwing the ball, 22 runs. Okay, In today's NFL, that's a fairly decent balance. Tonight, despite leading most of the game, or being within a score at least the entire game, the Steelers threw the ball 45 times and ran 17 times. I mean, and we were joking about it in the first half of the game. They are blowing them out. They won a quarter without running the football. Like, it's got to stop. They did the same thing in Denver when, and this was where I thought I might go up by one number or so. I believe they called 57 passes and 15 runs. It's just, it's just insane. It's just totally insane. And I want to quickly look at Jacksonville. They played Jacksonville, okay, and they won 20 to 16. They scored 29 answered points late. Did not play well at all in the game. Now, to be fair, they were down for much of this game, unlike the, the other two games. Uh, they ran the ball designed nine times. Nine times, not including quarterback sneaks against Jacksonville, and threw the ball 47 times. I mean, you're just not going to win like that. I don't care how good your passing game is. Teams just know that you're going to throw the ball and they gear their defenses accordingly. Uh, so, uh, Hill, any other thoughts here before we sign off on what has been a very interesting Week 13? Uh, no, like I said, I the AFC playoffs need to start today. Because holy crap, I'm just ready to go. Let's do it. I picked the Chargers before the season to get to the Super Bowl, to play the Vikings, which isn't going to happen. But I'm really wild card in the truest sense of the word. Wow. Uh, yeah, Look, looking forward to it. It should be great. I want to thank our partners at Fanatics. Go to, go to fanside.fanatics.com. Type in the code word FANSIDE. It's a 20% on your shipping. They have everything from jackets to hats to socks to, to memorabilia to, to jackets and jerseys uh, and much, much more. Fanatics, they'll, they'll do you right. They do a great job with all things uh, fans, and we couldn't be happier to, to have them as a partner. Also, uh, if you're a first-time listener, thanks so much for listening. And if you're uh, a long-time listener, of course, we really appreciate your loyalty. Please go to iTunes and subscribe. Uh, give us a rating. Give us a comment. Check us out. Feel free to tweet at either Hill or I. Uh, or send us an email if you have some thoughts. It's just first.lastfanside.com. Uh, we, we love talking with everybody uh, each and every week. And we look forward to being back right here next Sunday Week 14 coming up, the last quarter of the regular season. Cannot wait. So, for Josh Hill, I'm Matt Verna. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you again next week. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.